Come on, let's sing about the sunny side this morning. There's a dark and a troubled side of life. Yes. There's a bright and a sunny side too. If you mean with darkness and strife, the sunny side we also may view. Hallelujah. Oh. Keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day. It will brighten all the way if we keep on the sunny side of life. Oh, the storm and his fear he broke today. Crushing hopes that we cherish so dear. Clouds and storms will in time pass away. The sun again will shine bright and clear. Yeah, keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day, it will brighten all the way. If we keep on the sunny side of life. Let us greet with the song of hope each day. Though the moments be cloudy or fair. Yes. Let us trust in our Savior always and keep us everyone on his care. Yeah, keep on the sunny side, always on the sunny side. Keep on the sunny side of life. It will help us every day, it will brighten all the way if we keep on the sunny side of life. Against all evil, never run or even lag behind. If you would win for God and the righteous, keep on the firing line. Yes. Well, you must fight, be brave against all evil, never run or even lag behind. If you would win for God and the righteous, keep on. Fight, be brave against all evil. Never run or even lag behind. If you would win for God and the righteous, keep on the firing line. Well, look what the Lord has done. Just look what the Lord has done. Well, He healed my body, He touched my mind. He saved me and it was just in time I'm gonna praise His name Well, each day is just the same Why don't you come on and praise Him Look what the Lord has done Well, look what the Lord has done Just look what the Lord has done well, he healed my body, he touched my mind, he saved me and it was just in time. I'm going to praise his name, each day 
is just the same. Why don't you come on and praise him? Look what the Lord has done. Well, look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. Well, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me and it was just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Well, he say it's just the same. Why don't you come on and praise him? Look what the Lord has done. It's not by mind, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not by mind, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not by mind. Nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It is the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It's not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, saith Nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. It is the supernatural power of the Holy Ghost. Well, look what the Lord has done. Just look what the Lord has done. Well, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me and it was just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Oh, he say it's just the same. Why don't you come on and praise him? Look what the Lord has done. One more time. Well, look what the Lord has done. Just look what the Lord has done. Well, he healed my body, he touched my mind, he saved me and it was just in time. I'm going to praise his name. Well, he say it's just the same. Why don't you come on and praise him? Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Can somebody testify of what the Lord has done in your life and give him a praise, a worship, a shout right now? What a spirit of praise in this place this morning. I'm going to let you be seated if you can, as they would say. Sister Brenda, come here and tell them what the Lord has done for you today. I have come back with one thing that I got told while I was asleep. And this is meant for me because you don't know where my heart was when I went to sleep. <laughs> Learn to love again, Brenda. Love the least of these again, Brenda. God has miraculously, with no help of any doctor, 
and I forgive the doctor that has done what I, he has done to me. His soul is in our hands now. Three back surgeries and almost, well, in renal kidney failure. And I stand here with the doctor's words. Perfect kidneys, back, lower back, completely healed. My favorite, perfect brain. <laughs> My favorite. I didn't even know if there was one there. So God is good. You're my family, and I thank everyone that prayed, and even if you didn't pray and you just thought, and I thank you for coming to see me and your story about painting that just come to me this week and just different ones and your hug on the 7th, your hug. I thought you were hugging me like you weren't going to see me again, but you told me this morning, your voicemail. Everybody in this room, I know that you all are my family more now than I did when I left here on July the 7th. And I just praise God, praise God. We got to praise God. We got to love each other. I don't care if you're at your lowest, that's the one you need to be over there loving. That's the one. Amen. Praise the Lord. I knew she had been through a lot. When she walked through that door today, it just blessed my heart of all that she had been through. So many of you can testify of what the Lord has done for you. Uh, we're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering here in just in a moment. I want the ushers to get prepared, but not yet. Just be thinking ahead because I want to share a couple announcements with you. First off, today at 4 o'clock, everybody say 4 o'clock. We're going to kick off our church picnic. Now, if you've been watching the meteorologist, uh, yes, there is the wet stuff in the forecast. But the Lord has blessed us with a wonderful building. Amen. So we will be inside. If it rains, that's okay. We're going to be inside. Uh, so come. We're going to have barbecue, hamburgers, and hot dogs. All I'm asking is you bring the sides. We'll have the buns that go with those uh, items and those meats, but I'm asking you to bring the sides that you want to uh, go with those. So uh, just a covered dish, as they say, it's going to be a great time in the Lord. We've got music prepared. Uh, a few people are going to basically just do some picking and grinning, just very uh, low-key, but you'll enjoy that. So that's today at 4 o'clock until, and the until is you get tired and want to go home. So uh, that'll be that. And then secondly, I need all my leaders. Uh, I've been announcing this. We need you to be here tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. We're going to have a planning meeting for the upcoming fall. So if you can, men's, uh, women's, uh, the people who are working with our youth, I uh, want you to be here. And uh, if you've got any department in the church that you're working with, uh, you're welcome to come be part of this planning meeting. Any of my teachers that want to come, uh, I've had people say, is it for teachers? We won't specifically have a teacher's meeting, but if you're a teacher and you got some stuff going on in your class that you want to get on the calendar and talk about, I want to invite you to be at that meeting tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. It'll be right here at the church. So uh, please, please, hopefully that's on your calendar already and make plans to be here. Now, 
I stood here two weeks ago, and I spilled my guts to you about what the Lord was doing in my life, that uh, I was getting ready to endeavor to take a full-time teaching job and be gone most days. And some of you already know the outcome, but after two weeks, I realized it was not for me. So the Lord said, trust me. So that's what we're doing. We're trusting the Lord. If I'm going to preach about it, i got to walk. i got to walk it, right? So uh, I'm no longer full-time teaching. So, uh, so if I stood here uh, and had to eat some crow, I guess that's what I'm having to do. I really felt that's what the Lord wanted me to do because I was sure that was it. And then sometimes you miss the mark. And I'm human. And uh, so after much prayer and consideration, it just did not work out. And uh, I was gone from the church too long. Things at the school was not what I thought they were. So as your pastor, I stand here and tell you uh, I'm back <laughs> for whatever hiatus I was gone. Uh, so we're just trusting the Lord. And uh, I trust that he's going to provide. He's already opened up other doors of opportunity. Uh, yes, um, in my pr uh, previous career, I painted, so I have kind of picked that brush back up for a short term, but I just know God is going to bless financially, and uh, so in all of that, I don't, I don't ever want to go through a trial and not learn something on the backside. So as I was going through this, I'm saying, Lord, I want to learn this lesson. I want to learn, what is it you're trying to tell me? First off, it's trust. Sometimes we forget that we can trust him. Amen. Secondly, I realize there's a whole other world out there that we don't even get to see sometimes. He opened my eyes up to a whole other world that sometimes we forget that's out there. And it gave me a whole new prayer life. It gave me a whole new people praying for. And so I just want you to encourage you and invite you to pray for the school teachers, pray for the school staff, pray for your children that go into these schools, asking you to be with them. So with all of that, uh, I just ask you to pray for me and my family, because I know the Lord's going to do some great things. So uh, we're trusting in him. So ushers, I'm going to invite you to come. We're going to receive this morning's tithe and offering. And as we receive this morning's tithe and offering, let me encourage you. <clears throat> For many years, I shot away from teaching a lot about financial blessings because I never wanted church to be an article that I read a Sunday morning stick-up about that we pass the plate and you have to give. We pass the plate and that you feel obligated to give. See, when we pass the plate and we're asking you to give for the resources of the church, it's about you and about your worship to the Lord. It's about your relationship with Him. Never feel obligated. Never feel that we have to have because the Lord's going to provide. But when you give, it unlocks blessings in heaven that flow your way. And I just want to encourage you as you pray this morning and ask the Lord, what is it that you to give the, this ministry that the Lord would speak to you and you would listen to his voice? If you would, and we're going to pray. Uh, Brother Billy, would you pray over this morning's offering?
as they're getting ready to worship some more, I want to welcome Brother DJ. He came in tonight. Can we give DJ a hand back there? We have been praying. We have been praying for him. And uh, so it's good to see him uh, able to be with us today. So uh, just a uh, God is good if you haven't figured that out. Oh, Sister Mandy, you want to come here for a moment? So would you still want to join today? Okay, I want to make sure I didn't get to talk to you. Sister Mandy uh, impressed, uh, um, sent me a request has requested to be a church member. And uh, so we love taking in members. She says, uh, quote, she's been coming three years and she thinks it's about time. <laughs> Amen. And I, I quote you right on that. So essentially, you just got to answer yes, I do, anything like that, to uh, do you love the Lord with all your heart? Do you commit to support this church with your uh, tithe and attendance to best your ability and do you right now consider all these people to be your family alright if you have any reason we shouldn't take her into members we're going to I'm going to give you an opportunity to say that right now but if you accept her as a member say I church good we're going to pray over her stretch your hands this way we're going to pray give me your name Lord Jesus Lord I thank you for all your many blessings Lord, I ask you, Lord, to touch and move. Lord, as she has given her heart to you. Lord, she's willing to participate and be part of this congregation and this church. Lord, I'm asking you to lead and guide and direct every portion of her life, Lord, and use her talents, Lord, to worship and honor you. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen, amen. Can you give the Lord a hand, church? Amen. Real quick, we're going to have a receiving line. This is my favorite part. Line up right here. Just welcome her into the body of Christ and into our church family. As we uh, go through the receiving line, uh, Sister Kelly, we're going to dismiss Children's Church. So all the kids, as you go through, Sister Kelly, hold your hand up over here. They've got a uh, summer blast today. I think they got some waterworks, some uh, end-of-the-summer treats. So I want all the kids to make their way to my left, your right.
back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, he's under my feet, 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 he's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, he's under my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, he's under my feet. 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 Satan is under my feet. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Well, he's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, I took back what he stole from me. Took back what he stole from me. Well, I went to the enemy's camp and I took back what he stole from me. Well, he's under He's under my feet, he's under my feet, he's under my feet, he's under my feet, Satan is under my feet. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you,
This is a move. Come on, let's worship the Lord this morning. Because mountains are still being moved. Strongholds are still being loosed. And God, we believe, yes, we can see that wonders are still what you do. And bodies are still being raised. Giants are still being slain. God, we believe. Yes, we can see. Wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here. Come on, cry out to him this morning. Lord, we need a move in this place right now, Lord. We need a move. We need a move. Bodies. Come on here, help me sing it. Oh, bodies are still being raised. We believe it. My giants are still being slain. God, we Yes, we can see wonders are still what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do, Lord. We are here for you. Come and do, Lord, what you do, Lord. We need a move, Lord, 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 yes, we need a move, we need a move, we need a move in this place, God, we need a move. Come on, sing, we are here for you this morning. We are here for you. Come and do what you do. We are here for you. Come and do what you do, Lord. Set our hearts on you. Come and do what this is a move, and this is a move, this is a move, 
This is a Wonders are still what you do, we believe. We are here for you, Lord. Come and do what you do, Lord. We are here for you, Jesus. Come and do what you do, Lord. Set our hearts on. Because we need, because we need a move. Oh, we need a move. Oh, we need a move. And we need a Falling down. 
falling down. We're not afraid. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. Your healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. We're not afraid. So let it rain. I'm not afraid. So let it rain now. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. We're not afraid. We're not afraid. Show me. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Jesus, show me your glory. Glory. Try now, Lord. Show me your glory. moving in closer I'm not afraid I'm moving in closer I'm not afraid I'm moving in closer so show me your glory now I'm not afraid I'm not afraid I'm moving in closer I'm not afraid I'm moving in closer I'm not afraid I'm moving in closer so show me your glory this morning show me Show me your glory. Show me your glory. Show me your glory. You breathe. 
Go ahead, church worship before a moment. Soak up his healing rain. Not afraid. Just soak his healing rain up. Healing rain is falling down. Healing rain is falling down. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. How many of you love the Lord this morning? How many? He is your Savior. He is your yes. healer. Hallelujah. He is your provider. Jesus. He's the one that when you have no one else to cry to, He's the one you go to. If He's all of that, can you just one more time give Him a wave offering of praise? We will worship your name. Jesus. Give Him a shout of victory and praise. Name, He's worthy of it this morning, church. When they sing this song, Healing Rain, makes me think of one summer that we went days without any rain. We had a water shortage that was going on. It seemed like everything was drying up. And then one day, the cloud opened up. And I remember just standing in the rain it had been so many weeks before we had seen any rain. And I can't imagine. Sometimes this is the way our spirit needs to just get under the healing rain. Just to feel the anointing to flow and let the rain fall on us. We need to take our spiritual umbrellas down. And say, Lord, whatever you want to do in my life, rain on me. I'm not worried if it hits me that I run an aisle. I'm not worried if it hits me that I speak a word. I'm not worried that it hits me that I let out a shout. I'm not worried about it because when the healing rain comes, I'm excited about what you are doing in my life. We've complicated worship. 
We've made it about Sunday mornings only, but I want to get you past that and to realize that worship is an everyday event. Lord, I pray right now for every person that is here. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would just move in our hearts. Move in the word that you've given me to share with your people this morning. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. I'm going to let you be seated. I don't know if you can give me any more volume. It's, it's muffled or maybe the mic. I'm not sure. Before I get into my sermon this morning, I want to ask you a couple questions. How many of you love a growing church? Amen. If it's not growing, it's going backwards. So now, this is the hard question. If you love a growing church, how many will you help the church grow? I should tell you to keep your hands up. Because if you really mean that, here's what I need you to begin to pray about. I need teachers that will work with our children. We had 14 in one class this morning. Amen. I counted Sister Donna's class. I went by. She had them stacked around the table, all ages. Went to Sister Crystal's class. She had eight in there. Hers is priest K, preschool. Now, how many of you want to be locked in a room with two, three, and four-year-olds? One person, yeah. We're trying to remedy that. She needs help. I love having babies, and we're having more babies arriving in the next few months. We are have a variety of age groups. I need nursery workers. You may say, well, I don't know how to do that. We will train you. I need people that maybe you, you haven't had a baby in the house for a long time, but you miss that, and you, for an hour you want to give of yourselves in the nursery and love on these little babies and show them that's a ministry in and of itself. Now, I don't want to stand here and beg, but I will if I have to because a growing church goes through growing pains, and here's my prayer is I'll have people that will step up and say, hey, I want to watch the nursery. I want to help in pre-K. I want to help the, in the uh, school-age kids. I want to teach because if we're going to continue to grow, we got to get through those growing pains. And for so long, the same ones have given of themselves, and we want new people to give of themselves and participate, and we'll get you plugged in and get you on the schedule. Here's my prayer, is that when young families come, when young parents come, they can have the, uh, the security and the reassurance that when they drop their kids off, we're going to love on them, and we're going to take care of them, and we're going to watch them, and they can come into the service and they can worship knowing that their baby is taken care of. But to do that, I need people willing to step up that say, yes, I want a growing church, and I want to help the church grow. Because without a great children's department, we will begin to go backwards. But God has opened up a window of opportunity right now if we will put ourselves second and put his ministry first, 
things can begin to happen. Now, this is not what I was going to preach on this morning, but I feel as a church and as a pastor, sometimes I have to put those pastor shoes on and say, look, I need help. I need, you don't know what it is, how, how wonderful we have in here to have so many kids for the size church that we have. I've been to bigger churches than this, and they've grown out of their kids. But as long as I can, as long as the Lord will allow me, I'm always looking for the next generation coming in behind because I've preached this many times. There's going to be a day that I'm going to pass this mic and I'm going to have to answer the question, have I prepared the next generation that's coming behind us to fulfill the roles that need to be? And if we have missed that church, we are missing what we are called here to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm getting ready to preach on worship. And I love to worship as much as anybody loves to worship. I'll sing with the best of them. I just don't sing the best. I'll shout with the rest of them, and I can shout pretty loud. And I love coming together in a congregation, lifting the name of Jesus up. But there's more to the church than this time right here. How do I know that? Because this is the message that the Lord has laid up on my heart today to preach. If I gave this a title, and I know I don't title a lot of my sermons, but I'm going to try to get better because they're, I guess they're putting them on YouTube and they they're, don't know what to title on them, so I, I need to give them a title. Or they'll call me, hey, what are we going to title that one? So this is simply, how much do you love me? How much do you love me? Turn, with, turn your Bibles to John chapter 21. This is a unique encounter that Jesus has with Peter that has always stuck with me. This is a unique encounter that happens after the resurrection, that happens after Jesus comes out of the tomb. He is getting ready to speak to Peter, and he goes to the shoreline. In, in your Bible, it may say the Sea of Tiberias. That is the same as we know as the Sea of Galilee. It just depends upon where you're standing as to what it is called, but it is the same sea. It is the same body of water. It's just a different access point. So he is standing on the shoreline, and he sees Peter and the disciples that are out there fishing, and he's watching them, and he's telling them, look, I see you're not catching a lot, so just throw your nets on the other side. And many times the Lord knows where to fish. If you're often, and, and let me digress here for just a moment and, and preach on a, we're called fishers of men, right? We're supposed to be out there catching. But if you'll pray this prayer in the morning when you get up, Lord, let me fish on the right side of the boat. 
you'll catch fish. What happens is we'll be fishing just because it's convenience on the other side of the boat. But the Lord is saying there's a Pacific time and a Pacific place that I want you to fish, and that should be our prayer. Every morning, Lord, what side of the boat am I going to fish on? Because I want to catch somebody for you. Now, that's not my sermon. It's just the beginning. So what we find is they catch all these fish, and they look and they see, is that the Lord standing on the shore? And they're like, yeah, I think it is. So they begin, now this is the first encounter that Peter's had with him since the resurrection. So they paddle their way over, and they get over to the shore, and they get out, and Jesus has already made breakfast for them. Now, this intrigues me because I, I want to just peel back the layers that's not there. How did Jesus get his fish? Did they, he just calls them to jump out of the lake and pick them up. Do, do y'all think about that? I don't know if you ever think. I, I think about that stuff. How did he get it? Because it didn't say anything about him having a fishing pole. It didn't say anything about him having a net. All it said is when the disciples got to the shoreline, Jesus had cooked up some fish and some bread. And I always thought, you know, man, what a Savior we serve. Out of nothing, he can get something. I mean, out of, it seems like when the possibilities are impossible, he does something that it shows his sovereignty. So he's cook I mean, he's now. This is the way my brain works for just a moment. He had a fire that he was cooking the fish on, right? I wonder if he called it down from heaven like Elijah did. You ever wonder about that? Or is that just me? Maybe he took two pieces of wood and rubbed them together. I don't know. But anyway, he had a fire and he was cooking with fish. So he had a meal prepared and he broke bread with them. And then in verse 15 of chapter 21 of John, John writes this account down, and he tells them, this is how it is. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? Love is one of those words that in our English language can have so many different degrees, but we only use it at one word, love. We don't have love as like, you know, I love you this much, or maybe you do, maybe you tell them I love you this much, or I just love you just a little bit. No, I love you a little bit more today. Well, today it's just a little bit. Love is one of those words that we throw around. Love is one of those words that we use in our English language, and there's really no degree. If you tell somebody you love them, they pretty much know what that degree is based upon your relationship that you have with them. I tell you all that I love you, and I do, but not to break your heart, but I love my wife more. So, but we use that word love to mean so many different degrees that sometimes when we read this passage of Scripture, it gets kind of conflicting or 
confusing and we really don't understand what Jesus is saying because we read it in our text. We read it in the way that we see it in English. So Jesus asked Peter, do you love me more than you love these? Essentially what he's asking, he said, Lord, you know that I love you. When you Peel back the layer, and I'm not a Greek scholar by any means, but this is one time you have to go to the original, and you have to look in the Greek. What Jesus is asking him, there's two words that the Greek uses for love. One is agape, which when you look at agape love, that's all-inclusive. That's I'll do whatever that it takes to show you that I love you. That's the, If there was a hundredth or a tenth degree of love, the agape would be it. But then there's a word that I have trouble pronouncing, but it's phalos, P-H-I-L-O-S. That's a love that I always think of Philadelphia because that's the city of brotherly love. And that is kind of the way phalos is. It's just a brotherly love. It's it's a love that, yes, I love you, but beyond that, beyond brothers, beyond sisters, you know, that's just, that's at arm's length. I love you, but you need to stay arm's length away from me. It's not the agape love that is ever in to the tenth or the hundredth percent. It's not the agape love that surrounds uh, everything that you do. So here we have a situation that the Lord asked Peter. And if you look at it in the Greek and see what he's trying to say, he asked him, Simon in verse 15, Son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? What he is saying is, do you agape love me? Do you, with everything that you have, do you love me more than these, more than anybody? Do you agape love me? Do you want to give everything that you have for me? And according to the study in the Greek, Peter looks said, Lord, you know that I love you. He used the word phalos, P-H-I-L-O-S. He means I love you like a brother. But you have to understand the backstory of this. This is after Peter denied Christ three times, and now he's getting ready to make amends. He failed Jesus in his darkest hour, and now the Lord is trying to restore him to where he needs to be. And Peter says, yeah, I, I kind of love you like a brother. He's not truly understanding what Jesus is asking him over this fish and bread. But Jesus said to this, feed my lambs. Feed my lambs. Now, I don't know about you, but if I was Peter, I'd be like, huh? I didn't know you had lambs. Where do I find these lambs? Lord, you're not making any sense right now. I just don't get it. But Peter, according to Scripture, didn't respond. But Jesus said, feed my lamb. He's like, if you love me, do something. If you love me, do something. See, I'm going to ask you the question, how much do you love him? Feed my lambs. 
And then he said a second time, son, uh, Jonah, do you love me? Do you, do you really love me? According to the scripture, Peter responds, he said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus is saying, okay, I know you love me like a brother, but I really want to know, do you agape love me? And Peter again replies in the phalos, I'm just not quit. I'm just not quite ready to make that commitment yet, Lord. But the Lord gives him another instruction. He says, "Tend my sheep." So we've gone from, "If you love me, feed my lambs." What that tells me is, take care of the little ones. Take care of the small ones that. Are, are not sheep yet. Take care of the, the lambs are the ones that are vulnerable to the things that are coming around. Take care of the ones that essentially can be destroyed before they ever get to maturity. I need you to take care of them, Peter. I need you to feed them. I need you to give them the bread of life. I need you to begin to just speak into their life. I need you to get up and go do something because I put it in you to feed the lambs. But if you really love me, I want you to feed my sheep. There's some older, mature people that need to hear the gospel, and you need to tend to them. You need to take care of them. They don't know how vulnerable they are, so you need to be there and watch out. He's using an analogy of a shepherd when he talks to Peter. Now, if he was talking to David, I get it. Because David was a shepherd at heart. David was one in the Old Testament that he would watch over his father's flock and he would protect them. He even said before he fought Goliath, he said, I, I took out the bears and the lions and I wouldn't let them get to my father's sheep. I watched over them. And Goliath, you're no better than they are, and I'm getting ready to take you out. David would get this analogy, but you've got to understand, Peter was a fisherman. He was not a sheep herder, at least not that I've ever read. And he's using this analogy. Look, I need you to feed my lambs. Take care of my young. But then I need you to tend the sheep. They need tending to. They need somebody to care for them. They need somebody to watch out for them. They're going to make mistakes, but don't give up on them. They're going to fall, but don't leave them there. They're going to begin to get them themselves into places they shouldn't, but don't. Throw them away. I need you to tend those sheep. The problem is if we look at this through the eyes of the church, we would realize it's our responsibility if we truly love the Lord to start tending his sheep. We're too busy tending ourselves. We're too busy worrying about us to worry about the other sheep. And that's why not the Lord is saying, he's like, if you love me, tend my sheep. But then he asked him a third time. Simon, do you agape love me? Peter was grieved. And the Lord said, look, I've got to know. 
I've got to know where your heart's at. I've got to know where your mind's at. I've got to know where your compassion is at. I've got to know where you're at. Before I can move on, I've got to know, Peter, do you love me? I think it finally clicked. Peter said, yes. Lord, you know all things. Oh, I, I would if there was YouTube back then, I, I would love this conversation to be videoed. Because I would love to see the reaction on Peter's face. I would love to see what's going on in his heart. Because at that moment, I think it finally clicked for Peter that Jesus was asking him, look, things are starting to change. But before I leave this place, I've got to know if you truly love me. Here's the thing. Jesus knew his heart. Jesus knew what he was going through. Jesus knew the battle that was taking place in his mind, but he kept asking him, has it clicked yet? Do you love me? See, Jesus knows what you're going through. Jesus knows if you love him or not. Oh, can I preach for just a moment? He already knows the answer before he ever asked the question. He just wants you to know the answer to the question so that you'll speak it out. It's time that we start speaking out our love for Jesus. And this is what he said. Peter answered him and said, Lord, you know all things. You know I love you. Peter's like, you already know that answer. But if you want to hear it, I'm going to tell you. I love you. It finally in the Greek says that he used the word agape, that I love you with everything that I've got. I'll do whatever it takes to show you that I'll lay my life down for you. Because see, at that moment, Peter took on a whole new passion. At that moment, Peter's life got turned around. Jesus said this to him, feed my sheep. We've gone from feeding lambs to tending sheep. Now he says, feed them. Now that I've got your attention, and now that you are on board, it's a job that you've got to go do. Somehow, we have become animal people in my house. For 20 Plus years, we were animal free on purpose because animals need tending to. But then you get that kid that begs, oh, I'll take care of them. If you'll let me have them, you'll never have to do anything. You don't have to feed them. You don't have to clean the litter box. Oh, oh, daddy, if you, we, we almost won this battle. Never forget a Christmas, we let Max come home. Max was a little bit of everything, my understanding, and a big dog. Max loved to chew. The second night we had him, he chewed a rubber ball and swallowed it, and I thought our kids were going to have a fit, and I had to call the Saturday night of all nights, right? Hey, he swallowed a, a piece of a rubber ball. Is he going to be okay? Yeah, he'd probably be all right. So we waited for two or three days. He was okay. 
About two months into this adventure, I looked at my wife and I said, Max has got to find a new home. We had a lady that lived out in the country. She had 100 plus acres to run wild on. And we said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring the fence. We're going to bring the dog. All you got to do is love him. Hey, I've been wanting a dog. It worked out. It was a win-win. We took Max to our friend over in Scottsville. And still to this day, she goes, you know that was the best dog I ever had. We, we missed that bullet. But the kids got older, more persuasive. A few years ago, some of you know the story, about three years ago, Spencer begged for a little beagle. Here's the thing. He brought that beagle home, and it fell in love with Stacy. It's her dog now. When she goes home, he goes wild. When I come home, he's like, eh, okay, you know. If they could talk, he just kind of looks at me. I don't know what I have an air about me with animals. I don't know. But when he comes home, he does donuts. But she tends to him. She takes care of him. And it makes me think, this is what the Lord is telling Peter, look. If you truly love me, you've got to point people to me. And the only way you're going to point people to me is you've got to get down on their level of where they're at and begin to feed them. If they're hungry, you need to bring them food. If they're thirsty, you need to get a glass of water for them. If they need prayer today, you need to pray for them. Whatever they need, you need to take care of them and feed them. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. See, what happens is, is there's a relationship that's built. And now, two and a half years in this adventure, we've got a little doggy that we can't part with. He's grown attached to us, and we've grown attached to them, and all we did was feed him. And we have a cat. Yes, we've had for many years, but it's an invisible cat. Nobody ever knows we have a cat. It doesn't come out of the room very much. But here's where I was going with this analogy. Nobody wants to take care of the cat. We don't like to feed the cat because we forget about the cat. True story. I stand before you today. True story. So we're always like, did you feed the cat? No, I thought you was going to feed the cat. Well, isn't it your day to feed the cat? And we really don't have days. It's just whoever picks up the cat food and dumps it in the the bow. Yeah, please don't call Peter. The cat's well taken care of, believe me. So, but it's an afterthought a lot of days. But do you know when reality hits? It's about 5.30 in the morning I'm trying to sleep, and all I can hear is this cat meowing. All I can hear is this cat that never shows up in our room comes into our room. One day it jumped up on the bed, which is a no-no, but it did because it was hungry. And it was trying to get my attention, and I knew that, and I thought, I'm going to go feed this cat. So I went and fed this cat. cat was invisible for another two days. See, here's the situation, church. We think somebody else is going to do it, and the Lord is calling on you to do it, and you can't pass the buck to somebody else. You've got to feed his sheep. If you love the Lord, you're looking for somebody to share the gospel with. 
I know that that's hard to do because we're so ingrained in taking care of ourselves. But the Lord has given us a whole world that we've got to tend to. And he's telling Peter, if you love me, you need to feed my sheep. Because see what the whole element is going on here. The whole element is going on. Now, I've done a lot of messages about worship. Because the worship is a relationship between you and Christ. The worship is a relationship between you and the Father. The worship is what we sing and how we feel. But do you know that true worship is what you just read through when it comes to Peter? Because let me show you what happens in the next verse. In verse 18, after he said, feed my sheep, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, when you were younger, you girded yourself, you walked where you wished, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. And then he spoke this, signifying, by what death he would glorify God and what he has spoken, he said to him, follow me. See, if you're going to follow something, you're going to worship it. If you're going to let it lead you, you're going to worship. And then Peter turned around and saw the disciples whom Jesus loved following him and who had also leaned on his breast at the supper and said, Lord, who is the one who betrays you? You've got to catch this. Peter, seeing him, said to Jesus, but Lord, what about this man? He's saying, what about the one that betrayed you? What about the one that gave you up? What about him? I, I know you want me to feed your sheep. I know you want me to tend your flock. I know that you want me to feed your lambs. But what about that guy? You need to underline this in your Bible. You need to highlight it because here's what he says. Saying this went out among the brothers. Oh, Jesus said to them, if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? You follow me. What Peter, oh, what the Lord was telling Peter, you don't worry about the next guy and my relationship with him. You just worry about your relationship with me. See, we get caught up to say, well, you, what this person did or what that person did or how. No, no, no. you got to get it in your mind that, Lord, it's about me and you, and I'm going to feed your sheep. I'm going to tend your flock. I'm going to feed your lamb. It's not about what they're doing. It's about what I'm doing. Too many times we get our eyes off of Christ and we sink in the sea. But God is telling us, Oh, you need to get your eyes off of man and put your eyes on me. He simply said, Peter, it doesn't matter. If it will it till I come, so be it. But what I need you to do is follow me. What I need you to do is come after me. What I need you to do is forget about everybody else in the sense of comparing yourself and you come after me. You know the one thing that I don't like about social media? Let me dig a little deep right here. Is everybody posts their highlights. I love ESPN. 
the top ten plays of the day. You know what I love? The one that catches the one-handed catch and falls into the end zone and he just does a miraculous catch and gets a touchdown. What they don't tell you is his team still lost. That was just a miraculous play. But his team still lost. But you would look at that and think, man, that was a winning team. He made that miraculous catch. When you look at people's posts and you think, man, they got it all going on. Lord, why can't you do that for me? Or why can't you do this for me? What had happened is he's saying, Lord, forget about all that. I want to know your relationship with me. That's where it's at. If you're truly going to worship me, it's got to be about me and you. And here's what I come to understand about worship. The more you love him, the more you'll want to do. The more that you want to get close to him, the more that you want to do. I don't have time. It's a whole other sermon. But after this day, of all the stories that John could conclude with, this is in the last book of the Gospels, the last chapter Notice what he says. This is the disciple who testifies of these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if there were written one by one, I suppose that not even the world itself could contain the books, could not contain the books that would be written. He's like, this is a small portion if I had to write everything that I got to witness, there wouldn't be enough room in the world to contain the books that it would take to write what the Lord Jesus Christ did. But he did it because there was somebody willing to follow him. There was somebody willing to worship and honor him. See, what we forget is that in this, do we truly love the Lord as we say we love the Lord? A lot of us in our society has adopted the phalos love, the brotherly love, the convenient love. We tolerate it because we know that's what we're supposed to do, but we really haven't given him everything, so we hold some of it back. It took Jesus three times asking Peter, do you Love me. Do you love me? There's another lesson found in John chapter 4. If you have just a moment, I want you to flip over there. Here you find, and I don't have time to go through the whole story, but here you find where Jesus meets a woman at the well. Here you find where Jesus meets basically in the middle of the day when it was uncommon for this woman to be drawing water. He runs into this woman. Now, he don't just run into her because he knew that she was going to be there. And it was what I would consider a divine encounter that he was going to show a lesson. And in this verse 13... Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I should give him would never thirst. 
but the water I shall give him will become him as a fountain springing up, a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water that I might not thirst again. And Jesus said, and he told her, Go call your husbands and come. And she answered, I have no husbands. I want to get down to the bottom, but you've got to hear this. Jesus said to her, You have said well, I have no husbands, for you have five now. And the one whom you are with is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. And the woman said to her, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our father, now catch this, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and you Jews say that Jerusalem is the place where you ought to worship. And then he says this to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. What he was telling her is the Jews may say that Jerusalem is the place to worship. You say that on top of this mountain is the place to worship. But let me let you in on a little secret. Let me let you in on some profound prophecy. There's coming an hour that no man is going to pick the spot where to worship either Jerusalem or on this mountain. But if you're going to worship me, you're going to have to do it in spirit and in truth. And to do anything in spirit and in truth, you've got to be fully committed. We play the tolerance card. We tolerate the church until we need the church. We come in and we go through our Sunday morning rituals to leave this place and forget all about it until Sunday of next week. I want to get you past that point of where it becomes a Sunday morning ritual to where it becomes an everyday worship experience. You say, Pastor, I can't sing all day long on my job. I have to answer phones. I have to talk to people. See, what you've just done is, is you've taken worship and you've made it one-dimensional in singing. Worship is not one-dimensional. Worship is a lifestyle. Did you catch that? Worship is what you do day to day who your priority is, because he was trying to get Peter to understand, look, if you worship me, if you love me, then these are what you're going to do. You're going to do everything that you need to see that people love me. And what that means is that while you're on your job, you may be praying for your coworker that don't even know that you're praying for them. What that means is when you're on your job that you're going to say, as hard as it is sometimes, you're going to pray, and you're going to ask the Lord to move in a miraculous 
miraculous way. What that means is in your family, when it seems difficult and you want to wring somebody's neck, you're going to pray for them and say, God still loves them. Worship is a lifestyle. And that's what Jesus is trying to get Peter to understand is that from this day forward, I need you doing something and not doing nothing. I need you putting me first and not second. I need you putting me in the beginning and not the end. I need you to recognize that I am the one and true God. See, if we're going to worship, You've got to understand what the woman found out in verse 25. The woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, who's called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. In other words, he says, that person that you just spoke about has now entered the picture. That encounter that you've just experienced, you've just met that person. Notice what happens next. And I'm getting ready to close. The musicians will come. Notice what happens next. She drops everything and runs and tells her community of who she just met. No longer was he a man sitting by the well, wanting some water. No longer was he this stranger that just showed up in the middle of the day to make conversation. He was now the Messiah. He was now the one that come to save his people, and to save the world and to give water that you would never thirst again. It changed her life. After he revealed the past, and you're looking and thinking, wow, she can't have an encounter, but God knew exactly what he was getting ready to do, and he said your past will not define your future, and you have run into the Messiah today, and I'm getting ready to bless you. I'm getting ready to give you water that you'll never go thirsty again, and what does she do? She can't wait to tell everybody about who she met. She was starting to feed his sheep. He was. She was starting to do something. We come in here day after day, Sunday after Sunday and wonder why God's not doing something in our life and I have to ask you the question how much do you love him oh I could preach another sermon do you love him just for the blessings well if he never gave you anything else would you still love him See, the condition is not how much he can bless you. The condition is, is do you love me? Do you love me? I want you to get to the agape love. Because, see, if you can ever get to the agape love, you make no bones about it who you love. You make no bones about who your heart's to. Because it's non-questionable. 
Love is one of those weird emotions. You fired me up last week. I wasn't even here. He done a great job. I listened to his message. Made me think, how much do I love the Lord? I think about how much does the church love the Lord? Or is it all about a feeling? Is it all about an emotional roller coaster? You know the one thing I'm glad of? I'm getting ready to close, but one thing I'm glad of, that's my second closing, I got three more. I'm glad God's love is not like our emotional love up and down with Him. Some days you feel closer to God than other days. Can I preach for a moment? I, hey, I've been in this thing a long time now. I, can, I got some experience behind me. There's some days I feel as they say, I can bust through hell with a water pistol and know I'm going to win. There's other days I could have a water hose and I'm not sure I'd win because it's up and down. His love is consistent. It's at the top of the thermometer. It's as hot as it can be. He loves you more than you will ever realize. And it doesn't fluctuate just because the way we feel from one day to the next day. It's all in. He's all or nothing. If we could ever get that love in return, there's nothing that would stop us from doing what God wants to do in our life. But Satan will try to convince you, well, you don't feel like it today. Yeah, your spiritual is not where it needs to be. So, you know, you just, how much do you really love me? I know it's up and down. But I want to get you to the confidence of what God is doing in your life. Because, see, there's going to be battles that you're going to have to face. And if you've prepared yourself to know, know this. If you know nothing else today, take this away. God loves you no matter what. He loved Peter just as much as he loved the woman at the well. There was no degrees of love. He loved Paul. Oh, I could preach on the encounter of Paul. He, he loved Paul. Just as much as he loved Peter or any disciple, no matter that Paul was standing at the throne, at the stoning of Stephen when he held his coat, he still loved Paul. Don't let Satan tell you, I don't know who this is for, that you can't be loved because he loves you. The world will give you a counterfeit love that will last only as the emotion will go, but God will give you a true love that will never end. We've bought into the lies of Satan that we bought into the counterfeit, but that's not what true love is about. True love sees you till the end. Church, if we truly love the Lord, we got to be about His business. We need to be feeding lambs. We need to be 
tending to the sheep. And we need to be feeding the sheep. Say, how do you do that? Get involved. Lord, where can you use me at? Lord, I want to love you so much. Think about it in our own relation. If you love somebody, you go out and do something for them. They don't even have to ask. If you love them, you just go do it. Lord's the same way. You got a song ready. He's going to sing this song. I want you to stand. Take a moment right now and love on him, church. Take a moment right now and just let him know how much you love him. I don't feel like asking him for anything at the moment. feel him asking how much do you love me this morning yes how much are you willing to give me this morning see the only person that can answer that question is you doesn't matter how much your grandmother or grandfather loved him doesn't matter how much your parents loved him the only one that can answer that question is you how much do you love him that's what he was at. I found it intriguing in that whole, that whole conversation that we read. He only asked Peter. He didn't ask the other disciples. He, he only asked Peter because I feel like what he was doing is trying to get Peter to understand, look, you love me. And once you realize that, I'm going to change the world through you. Because Peter was the one that come out after the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost that had a boldness like no one ever that we had known up to that point to preach to the streets and to let people know that he had had an encounter with God. Peter was the one that didn't look back. 
Peter was the one that said, from this day forward, I'm going to preach the gospel. Even if it costs me my life, I'm going to preach the gospel. How much do you love him, church? Do you love him enough to feed the sheep? Do you love him enough to tend the sheep? Do you love him enough to feed the lambs? They're going to sing this chorus one more time. If you would answer yes, I just want you to lift your hands as a surrender to say, God, that's me, that I love you. I'm not going to ask you to come to the front today. I just want you to raise your hands in a surrender and say, God, I love you and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to give myself a this morning. Yeah, he loves us. He loves how he loves us. He loves how he loves us. And so oh, how he loves us. Yeah, he loves us. He's Come down here if you're feeling led to do so. Find you a place in his altar. Let him know how much you love him. Come down here and find you a place to pray. Jesus.
Just wanna be with you. I just wanna, just wanna be. We sing, King of Glory. Won't you? Won't you feel it? I just wanna be with you, Lord. I just want to be with you. Yeah, he loves us. portion he is our prize drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes if his grace is an ocean we're all sinking so heaven meets earth like an unforeseen kiss my heart turns violently inside of my chest and I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way that he loves us. Oh, how my God loves us. Oh, how yeah, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, yeah, he Oh, I'll sing hallelujah until you come again. Yeah. I will dance in your presence until you come again. Sing, 
just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. of you could say that you was glad to be in the Lord's house today. Can you give him another praise? Thank you, Jesus. Let me, let me say this. Such an honor for you to be in the house today. I appreciate you taking time out of your Sunday to be with us here at Community Connection. I pray that you were blessed. pray the message spoke to you as it spoke to me this week to get me to realize how much, how much do we love him? I want to love him with my whole heart. In closing, this is my third time. I got two more. This will be my last time, though. We look as love. Kind of the way the old man did that was rocking beside of his bride that had been married for so many years. Most of you have heard this story. She looked over at him and said, you don't tell me you love me anymore. And he thought about it for a moment, and then he goes, well, I told you when we got married that I love you, and if anything changes, I'd let you know. Some way, that's the way we treat God. God, I love you when you save me. If anything changes, I'll let you know. But in our relationship, most of our phone calls to our spouses or significant others ends that I love you. It, no matter how many decades have gone by, that's usually because you're reaffirming that you care for them. We should reaffirm that we care for God and that we love him. Truly, I love this song. It's not just lyrics. It's my heart. I love him. I pray that you have an awesome week. What time today does the picnic start? All right. I hope to see all of you then. We're going to have plenty of food. Bring somebody with you that normally may not come. Invite them. 